0: Today's episode is all about the sometimes uncomfortable subject of money, including when the couple pays for the wedding, discussing budget with vendors, rehearsal dinner budget conversations, cash bars, asking for money, and tight budget concerns. Kelly, people do not
1: like talking about money.
0: No one likes talking about money.
1: That's why this is a very important episode. It is. Yes.
0: And hopefully, we only have a couple of questions this time, this season. But I'm sure this is something that we're going to circle back on. It
1: will come up again and again. And there are always new money situations to discuss, especially as wedding etiquette evolves exactly. as, it, as it does, which people think it's sort of a, a stagnant thing. But even Emily Post, the <laughs> number one rock star of etiquette, always updated every few years her big blue book, mm-hmm. what we, as what we call it now. And she would make sure that we were talking about modern etiquette and keeping it from becoming antiquated.
0: Of course. Well, let's hop right into it. The first question says, my fiancé and I are paying for our wedding without assistance from family. We are doing this in part because we are financially able and don't want to burden our parents. The other reason is because we are both very independent with well-defined tastes and plans for the occasion and don't want to have to deal with other people's ideas of what we should and shouldn't do. For example, we'd rather encourage guests to give to our favorite charity in lieu of gifts. Also, we think it would be more fun and festive to do family-style dining rather than have a buffet or single entrees. Finally, we, do, we don't want to do a receiving line and would rather mix and mingle with our guests at the party. If we are paying for our wedding, do we have to worry about the usual etiquette?
1: First, I love the boundaries on th- this, <laughs> this reader question, exactly. listener question. It's lovely that they are in the position to shoulder the cost and that they're happy to do it. I'm sure their families appreciate the savings to their savings accounts. Obviously, this does give the couple more control over the festivities. And while this is an important opportunity, or I'm sorry, while this is an opportunity to celebrate the union the way they envision it, it's important to also always keep in mind that it's a way to thank your family and friends for their support, both in the past, during the wedding, and their future support going forward during the marriage. Etiquette is very simply a roadmap to help us navigate this tricky territory of obligations and differing personalities, as well as those often heightened expectations and emotions. I don't know if you guys know this, but weddings really (laughs) cause a lot of high emotion. And you'll be happy to know that while not traditional, a charity registry family-style dining, foregoing the receiving line are all 100% acceptable and are in no way a breach of etiquette. These are truly preferences. Whether you want to do this or not, it's up to you. As long as the couple is keeping in mind the comfort and care of guests, as you would uh, as a host at any party or if people are coming to stay at your home, whatever the case might be, and you're operating with kindness and consideration, I feel like those are my (laughs) mantras, hurt feelings and drama are generally kept at bay and the wedding is sure to be filled with a lot of happy memories and fun for the the couple for years to come just again kindness and consideration
0: there you go yeah simple plain and simple as that I also think we need to eventually dive deeper into this receiving line thing because <laughs> that is not something I am familiar with
1: interesting maybe yeah. it has already gone away I feel as though I did do a receiving line at a wedding a few years ago so I, I know that I've seen them never in recent history but maybe they're gone
0: not in the past I've probably been regularly attending weddings for the past 10 years
1: listeners hit us up and tell hit us, us, up, us up yeah let if, us know if you know anything about receiving sidebar lines. Yes.
0: separate <laughs> separate money <laughs> question but this is probably the third in each episode I feel like we've talked about someone's mentioned a receiving line so I'm interested to know all right so the second question from one of our listeners is my fiance and I finally agreed upon a budget for the wedding it's a combination of money we saved plus funds from our respective parents we are incredibly fortunate to have a lot of support from our families and to have been able to save enough on our end for our dream celebration soon we'll begin meeting with vendors and i'm feeling a little weird about discussing money with strangers i've always been taught that it's tacky to talk about finances should i bring up my budget to my wedding vendors
1: once again i'm going to say this is an excellent question and one that comes up a lot with the wedding vendors that we meet with an interview for new orleans bride for mm-hmm. the blog and just across the board while it's of course considered by a lot of people, poor form to discuss money socially or with your work colleagues, for example. Although, sidebar, that is not illegal. You <laughs> can discuss and probably okay. should because that keeps the playing field equal. Anyway, <laughs> um, <laughs> especially in the case of bragging or prying, obviously, we don't want to brag or pry about our finances. It is necessary, however, helpful and expected when you're planning a wedding you do want to discuss this with your vendors. Vendors are constantly employing couples imploring couples to share the budget because this helps them help you bring up immediately wh- what funds you have to work with and that way you can save yourself and your vendors time and money. Because for example, if your budget is below the minimum of your caterer or your venue or any other vendors, which often do have minimums, they can tell you right away and recommend someone in town who works within that price range. So again, they know about their industry, they know what their competitors charge, they know what the people who are in these other price brackets charge, and they can usually be pretty helpful about that sort of thing. And you don't have to be embarrassed. Everybody has a budget, and everybody has a different budget. So it also helps them offer money-saving solutions and compromises. When they're able to work with you and or assist you in ways to get the most for your money. No matter how much or how little you have to spend, share the budget with your vendors with confidence. It is not tacky in the least. Yeah,
0: I mean, I get that it can be difficult because I grew up in a family where we didn't share money stuff with other people. Mm -hmm. So like, you can talk about it, obviously, among yourselves, but it wasn't something that we ever brought up. Right. In and other I mean,
1: you're probably not going to be talking about it at a party or, you right. know, in, in many such social situations, like I mentioned, but it's so exceedingly important to just go ahead and mention right out of the gate because your vendors also know they're so knowledgeable and they're mm-hmm. there to help you. And they also understand how much people generally spend on average for these different slices of the money pie for a wedding. And they can better gauge how much, if you say, we have a total of $30,000 to spend for this Mm -hmm. wedding, which believe it or not, listeners, that is pretty typical Mm -hmm. in terms of a national average, then they can say, okay, well, you're going to end up spending the majority of that on your venue. So And then a large portion of that on your food and beverage, Mm -hmm. especially your beverage and food if you live in New Orleans. Right. (laughs) It might be higher in New Orleans. It's pretty much all about that. Exactly. And so that means you only have X amount left for all of the other things, your cake, your um, flowers, you know, Mm -hmm. all of these other elements. And so they'll be able to pretty much know in in an instant if they're going to be able to work within that number. For you.
0: And going back to what you said, too, if they maybe are booked for that weekend or something, Correct. they'll also know who's, like, say they were in your price range, they'll know who else right. is also in your price range and can help in that in that way, too. Those are the people you need to talk to money about. Mm-hmm. You don't need to mm-hmm. talk about, about money with anyone else besides the people that are paying or whoever's got the money to pay for it. Correct. And the people you are Going, going to, pay. to pay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> those are the those are the people you need to talk to
1: and about I it. I realize that there may be some you know shyness if you feel like you have a low budget and you feel weird about that but these are professionals and they have worked with all walks of life right. they have worked with every budget level even if they don't literally work within your budget they have been around people who have that budget and they're very kind and lovely about helping you
0: exactly so our third question for this episode is my fiance's parents offered to pay for our rehearsal dinner but they don't want to have anything to do with the planning we are 100 percent grateful for the help but they haven't given us a budget in the past when my friends and family got married and the future in-laws paid for the rehearsal they also planned it we don't even know where to start since we don't have a dollar amount how do I ask my fiance's parents about the rehearsal dinner budget? That is a weird spot to be in.
1: It is. And I get it again. It's uncomfortable to talk about money, especially when there's so many big question marks. It's such a wonderful gesture from the soon to be in-laws to offer to pay for this rehearsal. Historically, it has been tradition for the groom's parents to give the couple a rehearsal dinner. Now, In this day and age, anything goes. I'm not suggesting that that's how everyone has to do it. You don't have to do it that way. Um, So many couples are waiting longer to get married, and sometimes they're footing the bill for everything. Sometimes they are doing, you know, a few donations from various friends or family or loved ones for different aspects of the wedding. Um, With the legalization of same-sex marriage, you have a lot less cut and dry rules, if you will, for couples and their families regarding who pays for what. So people are cohabitating. There are just so many different reasons why you wouldn't use these traditional guide points. This is still a little more a traditional arrangement, even though his parents aren't organizing it. So simply schedule a time for everyone to meet and discuss the budget. Invite them over for dinner, coffee, happy hour, what have you, and tell them, in the invitation that you'd like to chat about the rehearsal dinner budget so you can start on the planning that way they know exactly what this is about they're not going to feel ambushed and either they will accept the invitation or they might just tell you the budget without the meeting either way they'll be prepared to discuss and everybody can move forward no matter what amount they give you though be sure to thank them for their generosity and support
0: I think too something that Just me personally would probably approach it. Also, you can talk about the budget, but then maybe if you already kind of, if you're planning it and you already have kind of some ideas, you can almost present them with like three different options. You
1: could. And I think that that shows a lot of initiative on the couple's part. They've done their research, they've done the homework, and they're just putting it all out there for the parents to decide. And obviously, They might look at all three options and say, actually, no, this isn't going to work for us. We have this amount, not that amount. Or, hey, guess what? We have way over that, so let's have a ball. Right. You never know. Right. So just go into it with that sort of professional veneer of, can we meet to discuss the budget? Let's go to lunch or what have you. And I think it'll probably be a lot less cringe-worthy than you think definitely mm-hmm. maybe
0: have some cocktails or maybe wine involved. Could, yeah that could help you pave know, the way
1: a little bit loosen
0: everybody up about this <laughs> topic maybe lo- loosen a wallet a little bit more. perhaps you ne- yeah exactly <laughs> get that Antoine's or Galatoire's uh <laughs> situation
1: mm-hmm.
0: okay our next question my fiance and I recently got engaged her family is looking into venues flowers and so forth Recently, they reached out to my parents and asked them to help pay for the wedding reception venue. I'm not sure my fiance knows about her family asking mine for financial help, and I thought the groom's family was only responsible for the rehearsal dinner. Is it ever okay for the bride's family to ask the groom's family for financial assistance?
1: Okay, uh, this is typically not advisable. But that ship has sailed and since both families generally do contribute financially, you know, in, a, in situations like a wedding, it's time to make the best of it and get things started off on the right foot. So again, that they already did it. So now we're we're doing crisis communications right. <laughs> and we don't even know damage control. Potentially they're not even offended. So, you know, let's just move forward and do the best we can this is an exciting and a stressful time and again there are some guidelines in terms of what the groom's parents frequently pays for and here's i'm going to rattle off really quickly a list of them and this is directly from the emily post institute brides now some of these are going to surprise you (laughs) typically and this is traditional 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 Mm -hmm. but the bride's engagement and wedding rings I would not think that. The groom's attire, ties and gloves for the groom's men, if not part of their clothing rental package, accommodations for the groom's attendants, accommodations for the groom's parents and siblings, bachelor dinner if the groom wishes to give one, all costs for the rehearsal dinner, officiant's fee or donation, transportation and lodging expenses for the officiant if from another town and if invited to officiate by the groom's family. The marriage license, transportation for the groom and the best man to the ceremony. The bride's bouquet, when it is local custom for the groom to pay for it. That can differ. The bride's going away corsage if wearing one. That sounds pretty old-timey to me. It's a little. (laughs) (coughs) Brutoniers for the groom's attendance. Corsages for immediate members of both families, unless the bride has included them in her florist's order. The officiant's fee or donation. Groom's gift to the bride gifts for the groom's attendance and honeymoon expenses hello can I become a member of this family yeah Um, yeah again these are the traditional things that the groom's family would have paid for and as you can see the venue is not on the menu here so it would be good for both families to schedule a time to again have a planning meeting and go over some of these um expenses discuss plans for covering all of the above in lieu of the venue expenses which may be even out of the overall budget for the bride-to-be's parents so you know again tricky situation but let's just move on I think
0: too this to me strikes me as something that if communication was just done a little bit better in the beginning about money like it seems to me that
1: there was a lapse at there some there was a point. lapse
0: yeah like somebody somebody made an assumption mm-hmm. or or thought a certain thing right. and maybe the bride's parents didn't think that they were paying for the whole wedding mm-hmm. maybe that you know i think communication is key especially when it comes to money like i think that's the biggest part of It's huge. Money problems, Usually, like money conversation problems. And I'm sure any
1: marital therapist will tell you (laughs) the same, or couples therapist will tell you the same thing. And not only that, but we also, a lot of times, listeners, when we're answering these questions, we don't have all of the background. Maybe the parents of this couple are all really close. Maybe they all know each other. Yeah, they could be friends. They could be neighbors
0: or something. And
1: perhaps it just came up in conversation and they – the parents agreed, you know, we just don't know. So, right,
0: like, maybe this groom is just mortified for no reason. Right. <laughs> Who
1: knows? So, just communicate, communicate, communicate. Exactly. I yeah.
0: think that's, I just feel like that's the number one. That's it is the answer to all the questions. Always. <laughs> okay. Our next question says, a few years ago, I attended a family wedding in which the couple opted for a cash bar at the reception. Many of my fellow attendees grumbled about it. So my question is, is a cash bar ever okay at a wedding reception?
1: Um, The horror. (laughs) Okay. And I know people have done this, and I'm not trying to make those people feel bad after the fact, but the short answer of this is no. It is not typically done to have a cash bar at a wedding reception in fact when hosting any gathering and this might come as a surprise to some of us who are used to going to potlucks and things whether it's at home unless it's a potluck Mm -hmm. or at a rented venue it's expected that a host pays for their guests so if you are at home you're having just a typical cocktail party it would be assumed that you were paying right um, if you are at a rented venue, it would be assumed that you're paying. So keep that in mind. We're talking about not even weddings. And then when it comes to weddings, yes, it's important for the couple to be mindful of their budget and plan accordingly. And that's where, again, this communication things come, comes in and where this budget thing comes in and talking about your budget with your vendors. This could mean scaling some things back. Maybe you're only going to offer beer, wine, and non-alcoholic choices And no spirits. Additional options to consider. Maybe you invite less people to the reception Mm -hmm. or to the wedding. Sorry, if you invite people to the wedding, they're invited to the reception. Uh, reception. That would have been a big misspeak on my part. Um, So maybe you would just invite fewer people to your wedding, make it a lot more intimate, which is fine and actually on trend. People are doing smaller weddings so that they can really add some of those bells and whistles into the festivities that they maybe wouldn't have been able to if it were a larger wedding. You could cut back on other festivities. You could cut back on transportation or decor. The point of the reception is to celebrate with your loved ones and thank them for supporting you and your spouse in your new life together and throughout your marriage. That is the entire point of this endeavor. So picking up the check at your reception is a small price to pay, For a lifetime of that encouragement, support, and love. Pay for the bar.
0: Yes. (laughs) Well, this, again, it goes back to, well, being realistic with your budget. And then on top of that communication. Because Mm -hmm. to me, this almost seems like maybe they wanted to indict 150 people, but the venue that they had, their drink package, was too much money for 150 people or however much it may be. Well, that obviously was not something that was said right. during your initial conversations like that's those are the things that have to be talked about because I couldn't imagine ha- throwing a party or having a wedding and having like my cousin who's basically my sister go up to the bar and have to pay mm-hmm. or or even have for like food mm-hmm. have to pay for food and drink at a party that I'm supposed to be throwing hosting yeah and, and, Correct. and hosting and, and having and I've invited her as my special like well that would never happen because my family food and drink is where my family Mm -hmm. vibes we could be outside of a mcdonald's for all we care but as long as right
1: and and here's the thing and you know we might get some people who are going to at me for this but even if you hold your wedding in a really casual space and or your reception so For example I went to a wedding several years ago in Mobile and we second lined from the reception to the after party because where they wanted to have the after party was practically across the street so we get there and it's a bar but the couple had paid for the drinks Mm -hmm. for this specific amount of time you know they had bought out the bar and you know a lot of folks on a budget or People who just don't want to have what you might consider a more upscale reception or, or wedding, you know, they're going way, way casual, might disagree with us on this. But this is a pretty typical answer from people in the wedding kit industry, or I mean, the wedding but industry. But
0: Just like you said, though... You could be inviting them over for, like, a birthday party or something. You're, the idea is... You're hosting. You're hosting mm-hmm. it, and that <laughs> is the point of that. And I understand that there are money issues, but there's also that's also something you talk to your vendors about, and right. that's when you're open with your vendors because maybe you think you can't get a certain package or a certain deal, but if you just said something to your vendors if you talk to them and talk to them and and discuss a budget with them yeah. they can make something work so everyone is happy including your guests
1: and they know a lot of tricks and solutions so exactly it's great to bring the vendors in on that conversation because they can surprise you with creative solutions to be able to get what you want for the right. price that you have to pay
0: like maybe we don't need the raw oyster bar right like <laughs> let you know aunt sally have a glass of wine at the reception
1: instead of instead a highball of the, or whatever yes, she normally drinks exactly. yeah i mean you know a lot of people don't expect spirits at a wedding and they're sort of surprised when it's there you know maybe right, you're just nice, doing beer and wine and that's right. fine wait and now alcoholic not colic beverages um so yeah th- this is a big topic and we could probably do an entire episode just on the the question of whether or not you could have a cash bar.
0: Oh, I could talk about that for <laughs> 20 minutes for mm-hmm. sure. <laughs> okay, but we're not. Our <laughs> final question is my fiancé and I aren't really interested in giving our wedding guests yet another koozie, <laughs> luggage tag, or jar of honey that they may end up getting thrown away. We thought it would be fun and delightful instead to give them a warm, gooey treat like chocolate chip cookies as they depart. Do we have to give and pay for a wedding favor
1: first note that favors are not mandatory Mm -hmm. obviously they're lovely but I've attended countless weddings in which they were simply omitted and that could have been either because of the couple's budget or maybe they had similar feelings as this listener about favors in general um, you know, it, it's really just an option that you can either say yes to or say no to. And I do think people have gotten a lot more creative with their favors and have been doing some fun things and some really echo friendly things so that it's not just something that ends up in the trash. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, do whatever works for you, your budget, your personality, and second, being handed a warm cookie as I walk out the door <laughs> of a party honestly sounds like a dream. Yeah. It's a dreamscape I want to be a part of.
0: It's definitely, I think when you have a budget too and you're thinking about your budget, something like favors might be the very last thing on your list. And it's one, like you said, not nece- they're mm-hmm. not mandatory and they're not necessary. And I think two, if you're not going to give something that somebody can actually use mm-hmm. and not have to. I think one time I got like a seed and it was like with its own dirt packet and stuff. And I'm like, I don't, what am I, I don't have any, <laughs> in where theory,
1: this. in theory, I love it. I love where in the theory, couple's great. head was for that. Totally. You know, with mother earth and, you know, giving but when you it a, comes to a budget, hobby. When it comes but to yeah. budget,
0: I think you have to think, should I get the edible thing that people can just eat on the way home, mm-hmm. like a cookie or like a, you know, something like that. Or I've had people, it's my, somebody gave out hot sauce, somebody gave with like special things. Like everyone's going to use hot sauce or know somebody that's going to use hot sauce. Mm-hmm. You If you if your budget is tight, you want to really think about something that people are not just going to throw away or, Correct. or get rid of.
1: And also uh, speaking of people attaining us, the, the koozie, you know, mob out there. Listen, lovers I, of koozies love a koozie. and we're in the south everybody has a bucket or a ziploc bag or a huge box full of koozies or just an <laughs> overflowing drawer we all have way too many koozies and we use them and we love them and I love nothing more than using a koozie that has some funny saying and and mm-hmm. logo from my friend's wedding but maybe some of us don't need more koozies I don't know Again, listeners...
0: I feel like you're coming for the koozies, and that's <laughs> one I, I might need
1: to put my foot down. I'm not coming for the koozies, one but, thing I, do but I have been t- instructed by my husband if one more koozie comes into our house that things might be over. What he doesn't know won't hurt him.
0: <laughs> True. So he can just... And he'll appreciate it when he's got he is a, a non- gold beer or something No, listen.
1: He's a non-koozie user. He declines koozies. I don't even know who he is anymore. I don't know.
0: I would question all of that. I know. Someone I did one of the, one of the last weddings i was in they had their dog's face on a like mardi gras cup mm. Ho- not to exclude anyone outside of new orleans and this and south louisiana but a mardi gras cup is just a plastic cup that like a to-go cup. like a to-go cup yeah well not a styrofoam it's a step, cup but it's a step
1: up from a red solo cup yes and a step below your nice glassware.
0: Yes, and we call them Mardi Gras cups because they are typically thrown from Mardi Gras floats, the parade floats during the carnival season. But she, they ha- gave out cups that had their dog's face drawn on I it. I think that's adorable. And It was adorable, and I stole eight of them, and <laughs> I use them all the time. Well, there you go. So, and that was super on the cheap, wasn't anything. So there's, there's options basically, yep. is what we're
1: saying. Or don't do it at all. Or don't do it at all.
0: Exactly. That sound means it's time for this episode's Wedding History Fun Fact. Today, we are talking about one that Melanie, you have said before that you did hear about this one. I had never heard about this one before until it came across probably on social media somewhere.
1: Well, I am from Kentucky, and when you know what this one's about, you'll understand why that's relevant.
0: Very true. So today we're talking about the tradition of burying the bourbon. So obviously, I've heard of most traditions. I love talking about them. I love looking at the history. This is one surprisingly that did not come from the Victorian era and Queen Victoria herself. Which, not sure what I we're doing w- here, don't know but where
1: she was when this one came about. I feel like if anyone she dropped li- the ball, I feel like she would have
0: liked bourbon. Or she though. dropped the bourbon ball. She, she dropped the bourbon ball. But <laughs> so we're not sure how many people would look at a good bottle of bourbon and think let's, i'm going to bury that let's bury this in the I'm going to dig up some M- dirt and stay with and us bury that. stay but, with us yeah stay with us so according to many sources though no one could really trace back the first origin of this or the first thing it probably wasn't a wedding that you know was in a magazine or anything like that where this first started it was probably word of mouth you know by tradition but a lot of speculation has it starting in Kentucky or Tennessee which obviously makes sense um, and it is a a more southern tradition it's it's things that people do in the south so the idea is that a couple buries a bottle of bourbon to help stop any chance of rain on their wedding day so obviously this contradicts the the thought that rain on your wedding day is, is lucky. good luck mm-hmm. but many southern couples do get married outside and I would I wouldn't want it to rain on my wedding if it was sure. outside um, so this is something that's supposed to help with little that. fail safe little magic while the origins are foggy even to our resident Kentuckian <laughs> um, the instructions are crystal clear the couple is to take a full unopened that's the important part unopened bottle of bourbon to their reception location now we put an asterisk on this don't Maybe, get, maybe ask get, them. Get, some permission. <laughs> get permission, ask them before you just like roll up to this place in the middle of the night. And I'm thinking, I'm, night, I'm
1: wondering if we could maybe contact a, a Kentucky shaman of some sort right. and, and ask, is it okay to maybe get a bucket of dirt and bury it in the dirt? I That's mean, I don't know, with, I don't know the rules house or something, but, but essentially, presumably the reception, the reception location, right.
0: it's the reception location. Exactly one month before your wedding date. So a month before you're supposed to get married, you go to your reception venue and you bury a bottle of bourbon. You're supposed to find a spot on the property and bury it upside down. Mm -hmm. So just neck first into, (laughs) into the dirt. On the day of the wedding, the couple is supposed to dig the bottle back up and share it in celebration with all of their guests with... No rain, hopefully.
1: I think this is an adorable tradition. Obviously, there are some potential wrinkles that would need to be sorted out in advance to make this possible. And it's
0: also, you know, we are located, we are based out of New Orleans, which burying things doesn't
1: always doesn't work out work and they, out. they like to come back up. They like to pop
0: back up. So a month out burying something, depending on where it is in and the season. And depending city. on the season. And depending and on the how season rain. if we got rain, maybe there was a hurricane. Who knows? There's something we're gonna have to get some sort but of Kentucky like but you said, I do Kentucky Shaman. Yeah, on I here. do
1: I do like this it's a fun idea and I I think it's a very um, translatable to New Orleans mm-hmm. type of idea as well. New Orleanians, I could see them really enjoying this this particular yeah. tradition and having a lot of fun with it. And even if you aren't superstitious, it's still it's a fun photo op right. opportunity.
0: It is a tradition that other a lot of other couples have done.
1: The photo op, it obviously, photo op, yeah. It's all about the photo op.
0: Exactly, mm-hmm. and Except maybe let's dig it up before we put our wedding if you're wearing on
1: yeah really gorgeous attire that you spent maybe a lot of money on or it's an heirloom you may do this in the morning before before you get dressed
0: before makeup hair and Mm -hmm. and all of that is done again
1: just planning we need some (laughs) planning
0: (laughs) organization Mm -hmm. but yeah so bury bury some bourbon and have it have it on the day of your wedding
1: And now for some gently breaking news: Is the tradition of the money dance fun or done? Kelly, let's, let's explore this. Yeah,
0: opposite of my my last two real firm stances. I don't. I, this one is is a give or a take for me. Okay. I, it's well, not
1: like before we get too deeply into it, for the uninitiated. Mm-hmm tell us about the money dance what
0: so the money dance can be done in a couple of different ways but essentially the idea is um the the couple goes out onto the dance floor and they have people essentially pay to dance with them which sounds not great i could probably could have worded that better but they're giving it's it's a way for your friends and family to one spend one-on-one time with Mm -hmm. the bride or the groom um or both if you want to like th- both cup parties of the couple um if you want to pay for both but um I actually led a money dance for a wedding that I was a part of recently and um so I like took the money we also took Venmo and PayPal which was an <laughs> option as well So um, modern modern yeah take, we, we we cash upped up it up that a little stuff. bit. yeah we upped it a little bit um but I think it's I mean I think it's a nice way to you know, give a little something extra to mm-hmm. the couple. We're all about Lanyap. Lanyap. Uh, we're all about Lanyap. And so it's a more fun way of getting FaceTime with the couple that, that's gotten engaged. Um, I, I see where some people might not like it, but I also think it's um, more, I think it is done in some more different, like different cultures mm-hmm. do it differently and, and honor it in different ways. Um, and it means different things for different cultures as as well. So, um, yeah, I don't don't really have a problem with this.
1: And there are also some regions in which it's common to give money, either in an envelope or, you know, just giving gifts of money. For example, many, many years ago, I attended a wedding, and one of the other guests was from New York. She had just moved to the Cincinnati area from New York, And she was completely astonished that everybody wasn't stuffing envelopes of money in the couple's hands because they do that in New York, Mm -hmm. at least, you know, wherever she's from. And that was the first time I had really heard of that. Now, I've seen at least since the time when I got married 25 years ago and even up to today where there would be a little um, treasure chest box that's Uh maybe decorated in the wedding colors and people would put envelopes and cards of money Mm -hmm. in the treasure chest so I've seen that but not just this handing off of cash and you know it might be similar to the money dance but I'm saying fun I think yeah this is an absolutely fun it's not mandatory for anyone involved Mm -hmm. so
0: no one has to dance with the bride or groom um, or the couple no one has to give money no one has to do any of that which I guess could that could make it a little bit awkward because what if no one dances with you and gives you money so it I mean obviously like anything there's there's a you know there's a risk there's risk
1: involved hopefully but everyone wants to participate or a lot of people it's a fun
0: way and if I'm assuming what a receiving line is is what it is it could be a different take on that it could be it's a a way
1: to visit with your guests one-on-one time yeah true absolutely and a a fun way again i'm i'm calling it fun i think it's fun i'm good with it all right well thank you again for joining us for this episode and thanks again to
0: loyola for letting us use their equipment and coming in at our time of need see you next week